We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, welcome back in to another episode of the Royals Farm Report podcast. My name is Alex Duvall. I'm the host of this thing. Joined tonight by Josh Kaiser. Joel is out six. He was a late scratch. I don't know if you could call it a healthy scratch because he is physically sick, but he will not be on the 10-day IL. He will be back with us next Sunday night. Uh, So, Josh, just me and you tonight. How are we doing? Um, The Royals got the breaks beat off of him today. (laughs) banner day for the 2018 pitching class we'll get to that in a minute but how are you doing tonight i'm doing great i've I've got to engorge myself on uh, both minor league and major league baseball the last what six or seven days so i am absolutely pumped and i'm a little bit riding a baseball high but uh yeah other than that i'm keeping it all together the I almost deleted the Twitter account the other day when Patrick Mahomes retweeted us. Yep, how about that? This is, this is the peak. There's nowhere else for us to go. There's nothing left for us to do. What else are we – like, what else do we have to do? Do we have to get – I mean, like, the next person – like, the only other person, like, the, like above him would be, like, Michael Jordan, Obama. Like, I mean, there's only a few people, like, left to go. Yeah. Like, I don't know – I don't know what, we're, what, what there is left for us to do on this earth. I think – We've we have fulfilled our duty. As Not even like a George Brett endorsement would would hit that. I don't think. And and I think the next one is to actually get like an interaction with him to get like a comment or some kind of cool a bump from him outside of just a retweet. Give us a quote tweet. Quote tweet, Patrick. Just do it. It's going to be great. Patrick has a standing invitation on this podcast. I DM'd him years ago, like maybe two years ago during his rookie season. I don't remember. What. <laughs> I DM'd him. I said, you have a standing ovation on the Royals Farm Report podcast. And I don't know that he ever saw it. It's still, I still have it. I'd go check to see if he ever read it. Uh, he has not. He's never read it. But Patrick, if you're listening, open invitation. I will clear whatever I'm doing to fit. I will take a day off of work. You tell me when you're coming on and we will make it happen. I will, yep. I will take days off of work for Josh. And Josh will, will sit in with me and I will I will call his employer. Be like, Josh isn't working today. We're interviewing Patrick Mahomes. So mm-hmm. at Open, open invitation to the RFR podcast. You just let me know. We will make it happen. Uh, Josh, the opening day game for the Royals was one of the most epic. I was sitting on the couch. I had just gotten home. I think we had practice that day. So I get home. I sit down. It's like the sixth or seventh inning. Um, I had seen most of the game. 
um, just on my phone because we had to practice inside. We had a bunch of things going on. So it was kind of a like a half practice. So I kind of had it on my phone. I was just kind of mm. like peeking over and then like throwing soft toss over here and whatever else. So I saw it when I got home. I finally sat down, got to watch some baseball. And in the eighth inning, Bobby Witt Jr. came up and I looked over at my wife and I was like, he's going to walk it off. <laughs> Not walk it off. I'm sorry, but he's going to put them in the lead. Like he's yeah. going to deliver right here. And then he does for his first big league hit. I mean, you could not have scripted opening day any better for the phenom. What was your reaction, not just to that moment, but what did you think about opening day as, as a spectacle? Did you because you did you go to the game? Nope. I was I was uh keeping an eye on it. I had a like three o'clock game, so I still had a little bit of work to do. So I kind of had my eye on it, but uh being able to rewatch it and stuff afterwards was uh, kind of where I went, but yeah, magical, uh, in every way is, I mean, everybody kept saying storybook ending, uh, it could have been a home run. That's all I got to say about that. But, uh, the double will do just fine. And, um, him being like the one to do it. I, I was watching it when my family came home and they walked right into his second at bat. And I was like, that's Bobby Wood Jr. Right there. And I was talking my, my, my daughter was sitting there with me. She's like, who's that? I was like, that's the future, babe. That's the future. And we sat there and watched the second. I was like, it'd be great if he goes out and does something huge in this day. But alas, it didn't happen until the third plate appearance, which I was in the car for. I had, I had needed a beer. So I went and got beer and it happened while I was doing that. So didn't have didn't get to watch it until I came back. And uh, it was just incredible. This the whole the whole shebang of bang, Grinky dealt. Uh, Whit Jr. was the guy to do it in the end. And it just kind of very much storybook. So opening day was a success. Second game, very much a success as well. Third game, wiped all of that goodwill, all of that momentum away. It was 100% a throwaway game type of thing, but there's just it just smelled a little differently than just your, a typical throwaway game. Let's go back to Saturday really quick. We can okay. talk about today. Saturday, Bobby Witt Jr. making that play. Does any other third baseman in the organization make that play? Not in the org, no. I mean, I, I, I love Revere's arm. Uh, I don't think Dozier even feels that cleanly. No, Dozier so. doesn't get to it. Rivera doesn't get to it and make the throw. Mondesi, Mondesi probably airmails it. I think he's the closest. I don't think he makes that play. So you're talking about he saved the game, and then that play by Salvi at the plate was also just incredible. Yes. A wonderful play by Salvi at the plate. But the the fact that the kid, the phenom, they bring him up on opening day, and he rewards them by immediately contributing two major pieces to their first two wins. Storybook, it was incredible. And then, okay, so we can talk about Sunday if you want. Um, <laughs> uh, they could have lost 9-2, 10-2, 8-2, yeah. and we would have been, like, sitting here going, you know what, okay, like. Two out of three. Man. But the fact that Bubich and Singer and Kowar all got hammered, like – they just – if one of them gets hammered, whatever. If two of them get hammered, ugh, all three of them yeah. got absolutely torched. What – what? why convince me right now? Your job is to convince me why I should believe that they are the three that are going to get it done this year, that Cal Eldred is the man to lead them there, that you name it, you convince me why I should be optimistic about anything those three are going to do for the rest of the year because it was the same crap. Bubich couldn't locate the strike zone. Kowar couldn't get his fastball over the plate without it getting hammered. Mm -hmm. And Singer was just a, a smorgasbord of awful. So you tell me why I should expect anything to be different because on opening day, well, 
their opening day, it was the same. I'm gonna. It was the same shit as last year. It was the same bullshit yeah. we've been going through with these guys. And it's not like it's that bad. I, they've had spurts of of magnificence, right? But it, the issues they're having, they're not fixed. It is the same issues. It would be different if Coar's fastball changeup were there, and we're sitting here going, you know what? He fixed the fastball, and now the slider's just not there. Or if Singer or if Bubich had fixed a couple things, it's the same crap. So you tell me why I should be optimistic. I think the only the only saving grace is the fact that they're at least in the Coars camp still not much major league experience. You can't really say that about Bubich anymore. You definitely can't say that about Singer anymore. So I don't know what the case is outside of they're just still grind you know trying to figure it out type of thing. I don't know. I can't I can't do it. It's 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 very weird that everybody was so on board with these four pitchers in particular and granted like i said Kowar, lynch still getting their feet wet you can still tell me they're trying to cut their teeth but the bubich and singer scenarios are alarming very concerning that they haven't seemingly progressed one start it is what it is type of thing i i, I don't know i can't i can't really tell you i'm i'm more i'm more a little bit more upset with the handling of these guys, I was, I was mentioning this to you guys in the chat. Like, he Bubich walks Miles Straw in six pitches. You know, that's not necessarily he's not locating not well or whatever it is, but it was six pitches, so it was a it wasn't at bat, a quality at bat. And then there was a mound visit. I don't I don't get that. I, I would I didn't watch today's game, so I don't I, I didn't get to look at what the scenario was, but it was just a weird one batter. It was a walk, it was a six pitch at bat, and you still need to go check on him. I don't I don't get that. Um, and then they pulled him after 29 pitches or something like that. And then they bring in Coar and Singer. Singer goes 60 pitches, Coar goes 73 or something like that. Why did Bubich get pulled? And the broadcast apparently said it was his single inning pitch count was up, but then you go get Coar and Singer both get shelled, and you just let him in there try to figure it out type of thing. I don't. I, I would like to know why that that was. These guys are being treated the way they're being treated. I think the the one knock on Mike Matheny that we actually heard from the locker room, and I can't remember if it was on six ten. I can't remember where this came from, but I'm sure you'll you'll know what I'm talking about when I say it that Matheny was being – oh, maybe it was Flanny. Flanny said that he heard from guys like Witt and Dozier that Matheny's biggest critique was that he tried to win every game a little too hard, like didn't know when to let it go and play for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And I think, if anything, we saw that today in the first inning where they pulled pulled Bubich. If we can get Taylor Clark in and Taylor Clark can get us out of here with two runs, we still have a shot to win the game. Mm-hmm. Okay, but now we got to play tomorrow. We got to play on Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday and Sunday. Being two and one is okay. Just mm-hmm. don't screw the pooch because you're trying to win one game so bad. I, I I see what you're saying. At the time, in the moment, I was like, man, this feels a little quick. Like maybe one more batter here. Yeah. Um, but I didn't inherently disagree with it solely. I'm more upset and and frustrated with it being these same issues we've been talking about these yeah. guys forever and there's been seemingly been no like major fix um last year with brad keller it took six months which brad keller by the way looked phenomenal very good yep. the other day. so but it took them half the season to figure out like one thing with brad keller like we can't wait 
half a season to have some kind of progress with these guys. So I'm probably overacting to a game. It, that's probably what this is. In a week when we come back and record and these guys have all had another outing, we'll be talking about, whoo, remember when we overreacted a little bit to one outing? Like, <laughs> so but like you said, I, it's like a, it's a carryover narrative. So there's a, there's a sample size behind it where you're like, well, we're not being proven otherwise with this start. So it is a one game thing and it is what it is. It, and, and you can, you can kind of point it. You can kind of point fingers one way or the other if it was just like one or two instances, but we've got four dudes here that are getting to the major league level, seemingly just highwaying fast paced to the major leagues. And now they just can't get over the hump. Like, why is that? Why are all of them struggling to get over that hump? And there's only one way you can point at that point. And I'm not going to point it because I feel like it's been pointed plenty, but it, it's starting to, you know, it's like, it's a carry carryover narrative from last season. That's just not being proven otherwise at this point. I will. I'll point at it, and then we'll move on to the minor leagues. <laughs> so uh, Max Reaper made a good point on Twitter. Um, basically, that it doesn't necessarily have to be that Eldred is the problem. There's just no evidence that he's part of the solution. And Definitely. I think that is that is the perfect way of putting it. Cal Eldred could be the best pitching coach in the world for 100 million pitchers on the face of the earth in baseball. I don't know how many there are. You tell me. There's 100 million, and – 13 for the other hundred million. He might be the best pitching coach on earth. What matters is, is that the voice in the dugout is the right voice for the 13 pitchers you've got in that clubhouse. Yeah. And there is no evidence to suggest that he is it. So if they would have brought in a new pitching coach and this would have happened, we would have been, maybe we're sitting here having a different conversation, yeah. but the fact that they changed nothing about any of these guys and it's the same issues is like, what are we doing? So yeah. maybe it's the maybe it's the pitchers, maybe it's the front office, maybe it's Eldred, maybe it is God Himself spiting the Royals pitching staff. <laughs> I don't know. But if this continues, the the future is built on these guys being in the rotation. Yes, two of them have to hit. You have yep. to get a few starters. Brad Keller has to be good. Otherwise, if you really want to make the playoffs next year, you need five new starters. That's not easy to do. So. A couple of these guys got a hit. We'll see. We're probably overreacting, but I was watching the game today going, you have got to be kidding me. How are we still doing this in year three for some of these guys? Like, yeah. I don't know. We'll, we'll circle back to it. I hope I'm overreacting, but the, the immediate angst and frustration I felt today, I was like, this isn't healthy. It's not good. <laughs> I took a nap in the middle of Coar. I just, I see? laid down, I grabbed my dog, put my kid down. He took a nap. I grabbed my dog. I took a nap. I was like, I can't watch this. I wake up and Singer's getting shellacked. <laughs> I, like, I wake up and it's like, like, what nightmare did I wake Hang up? On. Like, I, I went to escape this. Yeah. Um, anyway. That, I mean, the silver lining here is a two and one for the big league club against a guardian, a good, a yeah, a, a scrappy guardians team. And, and the other side of this is a Saturday or Sunday afternoon where you don't have to watch baseball. So it, we've got 159 more of these bad boys. Let's not let's not you know get exhausted on the first series. It was a, still a two out of three series, and I'll take that every series of the year. They play again tomorrow. Irregardlessly. Let's talk about the world of baseball for a few minutes. Uh, Noah Syndergaard is back. He is healthy. Um, that was a weird outing for him, a very Carlos Hernandez outing of him. Um <laughs> Part of me thinks that he is actually on to something 
we could talk about this down the road. Noah Syndergaard looked awesome. Um, Ronald Acuna Jr., not quite back yet. Fernando Tatis Jr., not quite back yet. Um, but Juan Soto hit a mammoth home run. Mike Trout hit a home run. I mean, the stars were stars. The National City Connect uniforms are just gorgeous. Mm -hmm. uh, Astros released theirs today. I think they're fine. I would give that about a 6 out of 10. Yeah. Not bad. Not Maybe. great. The Nationals were an absolute 10 out of 10. Slam dunk. I cannot wait to see what they do. Somebody on Twitter suggested maybe the Royals City Connect is like um, in the in the Kansas City Kings colors, like that red and blue. Oh, yeah. Like do, like do a Monarchs tribute yep. within the red and the blue. I was like, I'm down. Like a powder blue with the red and a fountain and maybe a, somehow a tribute to the Monarchs. I don't know what that looks yep. like. Maybe the hat is like I see in the background. You got the the red and the white one, right? So maybe the hat is a is a stripe down the middle with the like the um, dividers, and then the KC, and then they, you know, I don't know how they do that with the fountain on there somewhere. But... I think the stripe is a fountain. You go boom, mm. boom. It's not a not a great angle to see on the TV, but you know the fountain's going to get incorporated at least on yeah. the on the uniform somewhere. Maybe maybe you have a pig. Like, have you ever seen um, Smokehouse Barbecue? The pig they have is their oh, logo. Yeah. Like, it's like um, some kind of barbecue. Like, the pig is clearly supposed to be eaten at some point, swimming in a fountain. <laughs> you think swim? I feel like that's too cartoony. And if I'll be a little upset, but also I'm going to cop that jersey if that's the case. But it seems like that's a bit cartoony a little uh, caricature of uh, of the representation of the city there's a there's a red and blue monarchs jersey already right currently being uh, used i thought that was out there yeah but I, i'm all for that idea that's yeah. that's gorgeous I maybe they're gold idea. who knows like I the color so. of your hat who knows yep i like um that. anything else world of baseball wise you want to get to before we hit minor league minute I believe I saw Vladito hit one as well. Oh, my God. He and Otani both, 118-119. Sheesh. I mean, the state of baseball as far as young superstars is just crazy right now. I do not remember the quantity of this many quality uh, superstars in the league at this moment. So people that are saying, like, irreparable damage to the lockout and this is a travesty and the game's never going to be, it's fine. I think we're going to be fine. They get, they're in good hands in phenomenal hands really quick before we hit the minor league minute i want to send a big shout out to kansas city strength and conditioning kcsc out at home field in olathe a big thank you for picking up the show this year our title sponsor um scott barlow trained at kcsc this past off season there is a number of high level high school baseball players who train out there big time d1 commits guys who are going to be drafted um if you have a son or a daughter looking for baseball help I coach high school baseball. There aren't two places in Kansas City I would prefer you to send your kids than KCSC. And I don't say that because they're – I don't just say that because they're paying <laughs> yeah. for the show. I mean it. I have watched kids. There's a school in particular I watched the other day. Kids we saw last year who were 78, 78 to 81 were pumping close to 90. And I was like, where on earth did they get these guys? And somebody mentioned they all go up to KCSC and train. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. And now – and my business, my work world, I didn't mention, hey, they sponsor our podcast, but <laughs> I was sure thinking it. Like, um, But anyway, if you've got a kid who needs help throwing harder, learning how to pitch, learning how to hit, by the way, too, go out to KCSC, Kansas City Strength and Conditioning. 
um, they're the best around. Also, thanks to KCSN for picking us up this year. Um, thrilled to be a part of the Kansas City Sports Network. So um, let's get into the minor league minute. Uh, the minor league minute today, this this year, brought to you by Drum Farm. Um, I know they're going to play the little bumper. You'll get to see some pictures of the campus and whatever. Drum Farm, a foster home facility out here in Lee Summit, off Lee Summit Road. Um, several houses for foster care families to come and live on campus. Um, really cool facilities out there. But the cool thing, I think, in my opinion, the coolest thing they have is a core, or I'm sorry, the Compass program, which is for kids who have aged out of the foster care system. If you're not familiar, um, foster care system has a lot of great benefits for kids up to the age of 18. And then unfortunately, our country kind of dumps these kids out into the real world with no help, right? And so the Compass program at Drum Farm is like a dorm room of sorts uh, for kids who have aged out of the foster care system to come back, get help uh, while they're working, while they're going to school, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, really, really cool out there. Thank you to Drum Farm for picking up the minor league minute for the 2022 season. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Josh, let's get into it. We There mm-hmm. were minor league baseball to watch uh, this week. Let's start down in low A with the Columbia Fireflies. They did pick up a win on opening day. Eric Pena hit a ball about 400 feet in the right center, an absolute bomb uh, from the Royals' young phenom, and then they lost their last two to Augusta. Um, I could not care less if they win another game all year. That hit from Eric Pena 
on opening day after he struggled in Arizona, all the questions surrounding him. He comes in, hits that walk-off home run. If if he goes on to have a great season, we will look back at that moment as the confidence builder he needed to have a great season because it was phenomenal. Oh yeah. And it was smoked, like you said. It was an absolute I I had the I had four screens going. You may have seen it on Twitter. I had four screens going, and I just happened to glance at that the moment it struck. I was like, oh, oh, holy crap, that keeps going. It was a pleasant surprise to see that walk off. Two outs in the bottom of the ninth. Clutch city for Eric Pena. And and we've talked about him multiple times being like, uh, I know I was personally pumped to see get to see him regularly on TV this year being down there in Columbia, but I was just pumped to see his, uh, you know, the joy uh, being able to make a splash this early into the season and uh, and then kind of watch the next two games get dropped. But it's, yeah, like you said, that that is kind of the the opposite effect of, you know, like the Royals winning the first two and then getting absolutely kicked on, on Sunday. It's kind of the same way. The opposite effect is that walk-off was so huge it didn't really matter what happened in the next game, even though they did give us 17, 17 runs yesterday. But it, you know, it was one of those things that kind of the momentum started going, and I'm ready to kind of make sure I keep an eye on this Columbia Firefly team. Looking down at some of the highlights from the weekend, the pitching staff had a rough weekend. Gave up eight runs, 17 and seven. Um, so we will continue to keep an eye on that pitching staff <laughs> in Columbia because. Ben Kuderna, Frank Mazzucato, Shane Panzini figure to be into the equation at some point. Um, not really sure when their when their timeline is coming out of Arizona. Totally understand why the Royals are holding them back. Not sure when they'll be there. Uh, that would be a huge boost for that pitching staff that really struggled this weekend. Uh, but on offense, Carter Jensen um, hit 250, mm-hmm. only struck out twice in three games. So whatever concerns you had about Carter Jensen maybe with the strikeouts uh, coming with the power uh, seemed to be in good hands Uh, he did hit a double it was an absolute rocket on Mm. opening day Uh, it was a hanging curveball that he hit Um, well did I see something like maybe 109 miles an hour I don't I I think I saw that too okay so I'm not making that up it was like 109 miles an hour off the bat hit the base of the wall out there in center field absolute missile showcasing his raw power Uh, Eric Pena had a decent weekend um did struggle uh, a little bit with the strikeouts he struck out like uh, i got it right here eight times in three games so the swing and miss is definitely there he's definitely got some things to work through but he showcased the power he showcased really what what is i think an average hit tool i really think a lot of his problems right now are disciplinary just knowing his approach staying in his approach laying off the right pitches we talk about this with hit tool all the time. There's a difference between swinging and missing at fastballs down the middle and chasing bad pitches, right? Mm-hmm. So Eric Pena's ability to put the bat on balls in the zone is is okay. Um, his discipline has got to improve, but he showcased all kinds of tools. Looked great in center field. Um, not too worried about him moving forward. Um, who else had a? There's one more guy I wanted to point out. Daryl Collins had a pretty pretty great. Oh, got three doubles so far and five hits, one run. Struck out three times to one walk with a stolen base. So I think he's picking up right where he left off, hitting 445, but he's 1227 OPS right now. Yeah, all three doubles to the opposite field, by the way. So mm-hmm. showing off some good opposite field power. One of them got to the warning track. Um, a couple others were just kind of slashed down the left field line. Um, he's a guy right now. He's got uh, two walks, two strikeouts. Or is it one walk, three strikeouts? That's it, yep. One walk, three strikeouts. So – 
we saw his strikeout to walk ratio be really close to one to one all year last year. We'll see how that develops. A great eye at the plate, great hit tool, really good developing power, and looked better in left field from what I saw this weekend. So we'll see how that continues. Um, did you see the play where Wilman Candelario tagged up from second base on a ball to center field? I saw you tweet it, but I didn't get to see the actual play. That's that's great. That's like Byron Buxton stuff. And to be fair, he was probably out, but <laughs> catcher dropped the ball. He was safe. Wilman Candelario, kind of a highly touted shortstop out of the Dominican Republic. Um, really, really athletic play um, this weekend. Let's move on to high A. The Quad Cities River Bandits had themselves a week, took the series from the South Bend Cubs, uh, two games to one. The pitching staff was dynamite. The offense did just enough in two of those three games. Um, I think this team could be a little bit underrated in terms of teams that we watched this year. Uh, Peyton Wilson, who actually, now that I think about it, did Peyton Wilson even play this weekend? I don't remember seeing him. I don't remember seeing him either, but I felt like he did, and maybe on opening day. But regardless, Peyton Wilson is down there in Quad Cities whenever he does come around and play. Uh, second base prospect out of Alabama, second round pick last year. Uh, Kale Emshoff hit his first home run of the season. Um, did anybody else hit a home run? I don't think anybody else hit a home run. It was freezing yeah. down there in, um, in in South Bend in Indiana this weekend. Luca Tresh hitting over 500 at the moment. He is absolutely seeing beach balls at the plate right now. I don't know that he's got uh, just one extra base hit, but the the bats of ball skills that really the carrying power from the draft was the raw power. Mm-hmm. But that's a ball we've seen early on in high A. Uh, Tyler Tolbert stole a couple of bases. He looks pretty so, good. Um, any thoughts on the high A offense? I mean, it, it, that was kind of the high A was probably the one – group that i was like ah i mean that could be okay but they don't really have the pop that the other ones kind of had you know tyler gentry's my guy and uh i, I love him he's had a pretty solid start as well with the 15, 11 yep um but yeah it, that was the kind of the group that i was like okay this could be good but it's probably out of the four the one that probably has the least upside and they're the ones like producing potentially the most out of all of them so all that adds up, all that tracks that I have no idea what I'm talking about, but the fact that, you know, they're off to a two and one start uh, with some, with some solid, you know, offensive performances is, uh, is very encouraging for sure. On the mound, Noah Murdoch had a great start, four innings, four strikeouts the other day, just a couple of runs. Tyson Guerrero was brilliant today. Uh, only gave up one run, I believe. Maybe no, no he gave up any runs. Yep. Uh, one run, none earned. Uh, no walks in four and two thirds. And then Adrian Alcantara behind him, four and a third, eight strikeouts. Yeah, how about that? I, I drafted in our RFR league. Um, a guy I was really excited to watch. I, when I wrote on opening day is he is one of the four prospects I am most excited to watch this year, partially because of what it will say about the Royals pitching development, partially because he's a really interesting profile. Fastball 91-94 has all kinds of movement to it. His splitter's filthy. His curveball's filthy. The slider's filthy. He's got some of the best off-speed stuff in the in the system. And, you know, I don't know how the fastball develops. The command today was brilliant. It's not always outstanding. But he was unhittable. I posted a video on Twitter. Feel free to go, to go take a look at it um, of Adrian Alcantara today. 
he was brilliant, and I'm really excited to see how that carries over for him. He got the win today, too. So I was looking at our RFR league, Josh. I think I'm the only guy who got a win because I'm the only guy who picked a reliever who was in position to get a win. <laughs> None of the starters made it five innings this weekend, so I did get a win. I think we're only playing that for a point, but, hey, it's a, it's one more point than anybody else got in their win columns this weekend, um, and I needed it because my offense kind of laid an egg. So, And I think that's where my, my team is the exact opposite. I'm going to get carried by that by that offense, and I got a lot of – low low ceiling high floor type pitchers to kind of keep me in it so we'll see we'll see how that goes but yeah adrian alcantara absolute nails today the fact that between him and guerrero both pitched a complete game 13 strikeouts to one walk only allowed six hits between the two of them if they can keep i mean we thought double a was going to be doing stuff like that but to see this from high a uh as well as uh, offenses putting up runs that's going to be tough to uh tough to beat if they're able to maintain that Let's move on to Double A because speaking of your of your team <laughs> and my team both, Double A had a doozy of a weekend. Yeah. Uh, the first pitcher I drafted, Anthony Veneciano, or maybe the second, he and Alec Marsh right there back to back, did not get out of the first inning. Walked five batters in the first inning. Was a human highlight reel though because of the beer that was spilled. I don't know if you saw that on Sportsbook <laughs> tweeted that. So there was a guy sitting right behind home plate. He had his beer. Uh, sitting like on the rail behind the net. Uh, Veneciano threw a pitch, foul ball. It hit the beer, it hit the net where the beer was, and it yeah. just exploded all over him. Fantastic video. Uh, I think tweeted out, so I will send you that when we get done here. But uh, Veneciano, not good. Angel Zerpa, not great. Drew Parrish was fine, not outstanding. Uh, Asa Lacey did not pitch. Alec Marsh did not pitch. So there's some guys left. But um, rough weekend for Nor- for Northwest Arkansas. They went one and two. Pitching staff did not have a banner weekend. The offense was pretty good. Um, in fact, I was looking at their offense, and I don't know that they hit um, – oh, man, I lost it. I went to something else. I don't know that the offense hit any home runs in AA this weekend. Uh, uh, Jake Means – did it means did that's right jake means yep. had a home run today so yep. just one home run did have quite a few extra base hits yep. Sulu matias looked really good i thought in a couple of plate appearances like runners on guy throws him a curveball oh one he shortens up he pokes it out into center drives in a run i was watching that like he did this guy choose who's this guy he shortened up yeah he shortened up he poked the ball in play and drove in a run like yeah what is this? What is going on? Suli Matias played three games this weekend and didn't hit a home run. Like, yep. there's progress. Like, still we're hitting we're 500. There. Yep. Still hitting 500. He struck out a few times, but that's to be expected. Like, the, the progress that I saw, I'm okay with. So, mm-hmm. we'll see how that goes. Um, Striking percentage Matt, for him is about 30%, which he's that's what you get. I can live with that. that he's he's, he's striking out a lot. I can, I can yep. live with that if you're going to be doing other things, contributing to the offense, Michael Massey, Nick Lofton, not great weekends, but didn't really struggle either. So, I mean, two guys I am not worried about in the least bit long-term mm-hmm. that jump from high A to double A is kind of infamously the most difficult jump to make um, in all of minor league baseball. So yep. uh, not a great weekend for the double A team. However, they host Wichita this weekend, and I think they will have a couple of matchup advantages. And if Asa Lacey and Alec Marsh pitch in that series, you'll have all of your starters to dispose or to to throw 
at your disposal to throw at Wichita, and I think that could be a nightmare of a series for Wichita. So uh, we'll see how that goes, but Northwest Arkansas, the Naturals, will be home for the first time in the 2022 minor league season uh, coming up on Tuesday. Let's talk about your boy, Nick Prado. Mm-hmm. Blasting balls all over the yard. Mm-hmm. Four hits this weekend, three of them home runs, and no doubters, by the way. Yep. We're not talking about cheapies in a triple A ballpark with a Joel super happy fun ball. Those <laughs> balls were blasted. Um, MJ Melendez blasted a home run today to the opposite field. Ronald Bolaños looked really good again. He yep. has been basically the only pitcher. Should I say only? Is he the only pitcher who had a bunch of success in the in the starting rotation for Omaha this week? I think that's probably fair. Yep. And his, I mean, he only went four innings. He got up to sixty. I think it was sixty-seven pitches or something like that. So, I mean, four scoreless innings. He did get in a couple jams that he was able to get out of as well. Um, but his stuff looked really, really good. And um, I don't care, you know, what you say. I love MJ Melendez framing behind the plate because it, it to me, it, it was pretty obviously making a difference. So. Depending on you know my eye with how that batter's eye is, uh, it looked like he was hitting corners really well as well. So he was frustrating hitters, and that's a good thing. Yeah, he wasn't the only one. John Heasley had a really good outing, short yep. outing, only three innings, but he looked good. Four strikeouts, one run, uh, one walk in his three innings of work. Austin Cox was brilliant for the first four innings of his outing. Did get hit a little bit, but had no runs given up the first four. Four strikeouts, no walks. They ran him out there for the fifth. He did not record an out, gave up four runs in the fifth, or maybe it was three runs, one earlier. But regardless, he was really good for the first four, uh, didn't make it through the fifth. Uh, the bullpen, though, down there in Omaha, yeah. holy smokes. Yep. Aradis Vizcaino, nails. nails. Colton Brewer, seven batters, seven strikeouts. Yeah. Freeman, nails. I'm missing somebody. Jose Quas, nails. Go ahead. I'm going I'm to let you talk about it because that bullpen, if if the Royals bullpen, I said, could be a top five unit, it's somehow going to get better if they keep adding some of these guys. Yep. And the one guy we kind of kind of almost assumed would make it to the major league roster is Brad Peacock, and he got lit up. Uh, eight, his whip right now is eight in one inning pitch. So maybe we'll let him work some things out. But the rest of these guys, another guy I was really impressed with, came out and put a couple fires out, is Foster Griffin. Didn't come out of the rotation. But he had three and a third innings pitch, five strikeouts. I mean, he is not necessarily strikeout guy, but that is, I mean, he looked good. His mustache, glorious. So I'm a big fan of seeing what Foster Griffin can do. But everybody you just mentioned, like the big one is Sam Freeman, his 37 year old butt out there just dealing. I, I, I love it. I, I did not think that this was going to be the case. I thought this was going to be a very uh, rotation-heavy squad as well, but that bullpen definitely showed out in these first six games. One guy we didn't talk about on the offensive side of the ball, the first overall pick in the RFR uh, Fantasy League mm-hmm. currently leads the organization in hits. Uh, Brewer Hicklin had himself a weekend. Um, he had eight hits before the game ended. It. No. Yeah. Eight hits before today's game ended, and he added no hits. He struck out twice today. So Mm -hmm. um, not a great day for him, but a great week overall for him at Omaha's first six games. Really like what I see from him. I think he he got – Jared wrote a great piece on Brewer Hicklin at the site, um, something about finding light in the darkness, right? And it was about Brewer Hicklin's on and off the field struggles to begin AA last year. And once he talked to a former coach and a friend of his, 
took off in the second half. And he's a guy mm-hmm. we talked about a lot. 20, 2018 Lexington Championship, 2019 Wilmington Championship, 2021 AA Championship. Now he's at Omaha. I've picked him to win the International League. Uh, Omaha got off to a two and four start, so we'll kind of see how how that shakes out for them long term. But Brewer Hicklin was nails this week. I think there's a big league future for him. I don't know what his role is. Maybe uh, hitting against lefties off the bench and in a utility role, sort of a platoon role in the outfield. Yeah, he can fill in at all three spots. I, I don't know what his role is, but I think there's a spot for him in the big leagues. But he looked fantastic um, early on. I yeah. really, really, a, I'm happy for him, but b, I'm glad to see him having some success. And there, I mean, we always knew that there was going to be contact issues. I mean, that was kind of his MO was he was super athletic, very fast, very good in the field, got a lot of pop, but he's going to have some contact issues. And that's most definitely was put on display in these first six games with eight strikeouts and one walk. He does generally in the past have a better walk rate than that. So I do believe that that'll kind of come back as well as his average is probably going to come back. And the mean will probably, you know, eventually come water finds its level type of thing. But I mean, 867 OPS, you'll 100% take that from a guy like that. Um, and, I mean, we've talked about it multiple times that he's just a winner. Everywhere he goes, they win ships. So uh, if he needs to be just a catalyst in the dugout, uh, in the minor or in the major league, just in the dugout being the uh, lucky lucky charm, I'm into it. He's a, I love him. I'm going to root for him until the, until the day he dies. So uh, I'm into that. But kind of speaking along, we've talked about Prado. We've talked about Hicklin's contact issues. We, there was plenty of people on social media and in my chat groups that are like, I don't understand why Carlos Santana is getting at-bats, Hunter Dozier is getting at-bats, Ryan O'Hearn's getting at-bats when Nick Prado was tearing the cover off the ball. Yes, he hit three monster jacks, and they were timely. Seven ribs, not something to scoff at. He struck out ten times in these first six games. His K percentage is like 48% right now. His average is just 167. So that's a step lower than the guys you're currently complaining about. So pump the brakes. Everybody's excited about everybody in the system right now, especially Nick Prado, but there is a reason why he's still in Omaha. So let's pump the brakes on that. Yeah. The, the strikeouts and, and part of Nick Prado's problem is, and I, you know, I don't, I, I don't, I don't say this lightly that it's a problem, but when you have a hit tool like his, where it's fine, not great, and you take a lot of pitches, as disciplined as he is, he's yep. going to strike out a lot. Yep. If there's one critique I could make of Prado is I would probably swing more. Give yourself more chances to do more damage yeah. because you're not always – you don't. he doesn't have Nicky Lopez's hands to just shorten up with two strikes, throw the ball in play, and give himself a chance. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw him take – he took a fastball kind of right down Broadway in his first at bat today. It's like – I get it. He's patient and he does. He walks a ton. Like for yeah. all his strikeouts, he walks a ton. He's going to hit for a lot of power. Yeah. Just a little more. Go ahead and be a little more aggressive. Let that power play um, make guys pitch around you instead of knowing they can work ahead of you because you are a little bit more passive. So mm-hmm. um, that's part of who he is. I don't expect him to change anything, but. Um, it also it opens up to get dicked by some borderline calls. And he definitely had got, he collected a few of those calls um, these last, these first six games. So. Yeah, that's that's the thing with moving to the big leagues, too, is better umpires play well for guys like Prado. So, like you said, that rate is like 40% right now. That is a lot. 10 strikeouts in six games is 
a lot, but mm-hmm. the power, the walks, there, there's adjustments he'll make. And he, he needs Simon AAA to make them. Um, so I agree with you 100%. He will be up soon enough just to pump the brakes just a little bit. Yeah. Um, that's all I've got for this week. There's one guy I want to go back. I totally forgot to talk about him. Michael Garcia. Oh, I was, I was going to – I was not letting him go. Okay, I'm glad I'm glad we're on the same page. He looked fantastic in Northwest Arkansas this weekend. Yep. Made his double-A debut. Five walks in three games, one strikeout. Mm-hmm. He also stole a base and hit a double. Um, I've been trying to pump people up on Michael Garcia – said he's a fringe top 100 prospect, he's going to be a top 10 prospect in the system, that people would be paying way more attention to him if it wasn't for Bobby Witt Jr. Uh, but Michael Garcia had himself a weekend, uh, looked great in the six hole there, uh, playing shortstop for the Naturals. Love that kid. Love what he brings to the table. Love that he was added to the 40-man roster this offseason. So um, keep your eye on Michael Garcia because he was phenomenal this weekend. Yep, I was I was 100 going to bring up everything you said uh, about him. Just 22 years old in Double A, and like you said, if he if he wasn't behind Bobby Wood Jr. and that middle infielder uh, pipeline in the Royal system wasn't so jacked full of you know upside or at least high floor type of guys, then you're 100 talking about him way more seriously. So he's he's a dude that's going to have helium this year, and he got off to a hell of a start. And if, while we're going back, I want to go back to MJ Melendez, uh, how he's kind of started off the year. Three strikeouts to two walks, one huge dong uh, home run and another uh, double. Started off hitting 158, 238, and 368. But he is going to opposite field so much. I, that, that uh, I think it was a Thursday night game. He almost went yard oppo back to back. And back. I think, yeah, it was. they were like no doubters. So I, I love the approach. He's able to push the ball into the opposite field. He almost like wants to, it seems, especially if a pitcher's wanting to pitch him outside. Uh, he is very comfortable going in the opposite field. I didn't necessarily know that about him. It seemed like he was very pull happy uh, and maybe some dead center as well. But he absolutely loves to go oppo, and I absolutely love that about him. So will Rex Hudler. So will Rex Hudler. MJ Melendez might be Rex Hudler's favorite player. Yep. Now that I think about it, like he might, he really might be the grittiest position on the field on top of being able to push the balls to the opposite field. That's got Rex Hudler written all. If he could bunt, my God, that's the, that's the player that Rex Hudler would fix in a lab is the dude that can do all the, everything that MJ Melendez does. Oh my gosh, Rex Hudler. I'm so (laughs) glad I took a nap today. (laughs) I, I told you guys it took, it took less than an inning for me to be like, Oh, Rex. Oh God! Don't say stuff like that, man. Yeah, but baseball's back. God love him. God love him. <laughs> that has been our minor league minute this week, brought to you by Drum Farm. Thanks again, to Drum Farm, picking up the minor league minute here in 2022. All right, let's do um, let's do player awards for the week before we get out of here. Okay. Let's do um a pitcher and a player of the week. I think everybody would vote um Nick Prado as team MVP. Probably. League MVP yep. for the year, for the week, I mean. Uh, so Nick Prado is going to be our MVP of the week. Um, let's pick a player. I'm going to go um, – I'm going to stick to my brewskis. Uh, mm-hmm. Brewer, Hicklin, and Colton Brewer. That works out nicely for me. Colton Brewer <clears> – excuse me. I posted videos of both of his outings on Twitter. You can go find him at Royals Farm. 
seven batters, seven strikeouts in dominating fashion. And he did it in two different ways over the nights. His first outing, hammering guys with his breaking ball. Guys couldn't touch it. Mm-hmm. Second outing, blowing fastballs by guys at like 93, 95. It looks like maybe it cuts. Like, I don't know if he's throwing a cutter, but it looks like it has some cut action to it. Guys aren't even close. I don't know if they were sitting on the curveball or what. They weren't close. He threw a nasty changeup in there, so he did it differently. So we've seen now two different outings for Colton Brewer, two dominant fashions, and and doing it in two separate ways. So really excited for what I've seen to him. We talked about Brewer Hicklin already. Brewer Hicklin, eight hits, two stolen bases, a walk, a couple doubles, a bunch of RBI. I mean, couldn't have scripted a better beginning to his career in Omaha at mm-hmm. AAA level. So Really happy for Brewer Hicklin. But those are my players and pitcher of the week. I got Brewer Hicklin and Colton Brewer uh, keeping the keeping my um, <laughs> fanfare for beer together here. Yep. <laughs> Very on brand. Um, we talked about both of mine. Michael Garcia is my guy, my hitter. I think he can make a running for MVP and for this week. I think he was just absolutely nails that plate. And, ca- I mean, not necessarily carrying that offense because everybody in that, you know, double-A lineup is really good. But – him just what he did this week was just huge. And then the other guys, Ronald Bolaños, if there was, you know, we talked about the starting rotation. Everybody seemed to struggle this weekend except for Bolaños. And who knows where he would have been if he got a little bit like more stretched out over 66 pitches. But um, I really liked what I saw from him working those corners um, and lighting dudes up. So I, I do um, I do think that Bolaños will be my pitcher of the week. And I have one titular, uh, a new titular award to give and that's the hot pants award and welcome back jimmy govern god bless you and your tight tight pants i uh, am very heterosexually into it very very hats off to you jimmy govern I'm, I'm happy to see that those hot pants are back oh my god he made some great plays at third base too he did absolutely he, great he's plays. Guy i can't figure out the royals have a few guys like this like tucker bradley not playing until today and then yep going off or i think maybe not going off two for four he had a good day yeah double down in the right field line and they bat him ninth i have no idea what their beef is with tucker bradley because it was weird when that when he was playing in low a and high a he always hit ninth if mm-hmm. he played and then when he gets to, when now he gets the double a he sits two games in favor of guys who are playing for the monarchs last year and now he gets into the lineup today and he's batting ninth so whatever uh, shout out Tucker Bradley, professional hitter. Um, love Tucker Bradley. Uh, Joel sent in his uh, – Joel couldn't be with us tonight. He sent in his player and pitcher of the week. Player of the week, Eric Pena for the home run, the walk-off home run on opening day. And Jose Quas, pitcher of the week. Uh, another reliever uh, there in Omaha. So all three pitchers of the week came from that Omaha rotation, which um, I probably could have gone with Adrian Alcantara if I had mm-hmm. uh, – had not picked Colton Brewer before Alcantara's outing today, but um, anyway. Miss Caino probably on that list as well. He was great. And I thought, I mean, Marcelo Martinez was good his first outing Mm -hmm. and really bad his second outing. So it, you know, the first one I was like, okay, maybe, maybe. And then, no, not so much. So we'll see. Uh, Really quick, Omaha returns home for the first time in the 2022 minor league season. They host the Louisville Bats at 6.35 p.m., Unfortunately, uh, the best players on that team, Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo, are both in the big leagues. So you will not get to see Hunter Green or Nick Lodolo 
the Reds still have a nice system. Go out, catch Nick Prado, MJ Melendez while they're there before they get that call to the show. Uh, Handing out magnets, by the way. Handing out magnets. Go get your magnets. Everybody has a refrigerator, right? So, got to have. Yeah, okay. So, on (laughs) Tuesday, Northwest Arkansas returns home to host Wichita for a six-game set. That game on Tuesday begins at 7.05 p.m. The Quad Cities River Bandits return home for the first time this year, hosting Cedar Rapids. That game will begin at 6.30 p.m. on Tuesday. And Columbia coming off their first home series hits the road. They are in Charleston uh, Tuesday at 6:05 p.m. Central Time. Uh, so there you go. We've got. Uh, we will have as we get a better idea of how the rotations will play out long term. Uh, we will let you guys know who will be starting and when. Um, I can tell you that Angel Zerpa, Ronald Bolanos, Eric Sarantola. Adrian Alcantara and Tyson Guerrero will not be starting those first games because they all started or threw a bunch in some capacity today. So um, check it out. If you don't have a minor league baseball TV account, MILB TV, make sure you get one. It's outstanding. 50 bucks for the entire year. You can watch every minor league game all season for 50 bucks. The app is worthless. It sucks. But if you get on the, if you get on your computer and watch the games, it's outstanding. I highly recommend it. Uh, get on minor league baseball TV, uh, 50 bucks for the year, support good minor league baseball content. So um, that's most of what I got. Josh, any final thoughts on the night? I'm excited to see that uh, the championship rematch there in double a between Wichita and, um, and Northwest Arkansas, especially with, you know, potentially those starting pitchers potentially lining up for that game. And it wouldn't surprise me one bit if that's kind of what they were planning on doing. Uh, obviously I'd rather see them just absolutely dominate some Cardinals just because that's the bias, but um, I'm excited to see another week of uh, minor league baseball. I'm kind of just getting this, getting this ball rolling and I'm uh, pumped to see, you know, where, where we are next week. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be watching that closely to see if we see Lacey and Marsh. Yep. Um, I feel like, and I know it was only three games for most of these teams. I feel like there were a few other guys who I was like, Hey, where, what, what gives, why haven't we seen these guys yet? Yeah. Um, my final thought on the night is we were talking about on Twitter earlier about Kyle Isbell. And I mentioned that I hate seeing Isbell riding the bench, like either let him go play in Omaha or start him. I love Michael A. Taylor. I dude is fantastic. He's, he's great. He's a gold glove winner for a reason. He's not going to be a major central part of this team's next window. And Kyle Isbell could be now, maybe they think they know exactly what they have in Isbell that he's not going to be a piece. And and maybe I'm just wrong about what Isbell is. But I think Isbell can be an everyday type of fourth outfielder, meaning he's revolving. He's he's maybe not the guy, but he's playing four or five days a week or all six, seven games a week. I just don't think he's a platoon bat. I don't think he's a bench bat that you bring in Ryan O'Hearn to pinch hit ahead of him, that you start Michael A. Taylor ahead of him every single game. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm dead wrong about what Kyle Isbell is. But I would rather watch Kyle Isbell start every day in Omaha and get some work in than not play. Like, you can't tell me you think he's done developing and that there's nothing left for him in Omaha. Where That's where I think Olivares is. Hmm. I don't know what, what else left there is for Olivares. I think yeah. he's a platoon bat, a bench bat, which is great. Go be a bench bat. But you can't have both him and Isbell sitting all the time two of your most dynamic options in the outfield. Like, I don't know, given it Especially back. when, when your offense is putting up one and a half runs a game, like right. 
we're all, this is what we did last year. This is the same stuff. Right. That the, and, the pitching is too volatile to be able to rely on that offense right now. And and for all of Michael A. Taylor's worth, last year was an outlier for him defensively. He's always been good. He's never come close to putting up defensive numbers like he did last year. He's never come close to winning a gold glove before. He's never been anything close to that. So, like, I get it. He had a great year, and he's a great defender. He was still worth 1.9 F4. A center fielder just has to be about league average offensively, and they can be a below average defender and be more valuable than that. So if Kyle Isbell can tread water in both capacities, he would be way more valuable than Michael A. Taylor's best season by far, bar none. Michael A. Taylor's best season, about two wins. He's 31. So I get it. You love Michael A. Taylor. You think you should be starting. I don't even hate that. You want to start Michael A. Taylor? Fine. Send Kyle Isbell down to Omaha where he can hit. So that's my final thought of the night is quit sitting him on the bench. Let him go play somewhere. I it was it was not fun to see. Was that Pocolo that was like we we feel good with his development that we think that he can come off the bench every third day and and produce and not lose develop. It was like I don't like the sound of that whatsoever. As the as a member of the Kyle Bell fan club, I didn't like that at all. Hmm. No, and selfishly again, I would just rather watch him play in Omaha. Like this yeah. this this big league club is it's gonna do what it's gonna do. I'm I'm more invested over here. Like I don't I don't know. This move to me feels like we think we can compete right now. And the best way that we can do this is to have Kyle Isbell on the bench playing in a service role. Like we're going for the playoffs right now. Mm-hmm. And if that's their attitude, I just think they're misguided. So we'll see. Um, we'll see how it plays out. Maybe again, it's three games. Maybe we're overreacting. Next week, we may be like, hey, remember when we did that funny thing where we overreacted? <laughs> three games? Whatever. A bunch of knuckleheads over here. Knuckleheads. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you very much. Thanks to KCSN for picking us up. Thanks to KCSC for being the title sponsor. Thanks to Drum Farm for picking up the Minor League Minute. Josh, thank you for joining me. Joel, get better. We will see you guys next week. We will see you all real soon. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, I'm Alex. He's Josh. Thanks again for listening. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.